This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Welcome to the Turkey Day Off the Break Podcast. Gobble, gobble. (laughs) Podcast tradition now. Yeah. And now it's a thing. Thanks, Kyle. You're welcome. (laughs) Everybody say with me. Oh, wait, we can't see anyone. Okay. Or hear anyone. Except for the voices in your head that are all gobbling, apparently. Yeah, but that's every day of the year. It's it's not just a seasonal thing. Oh, seasonal thing is Wednesday openings before Thanksgiving. Hence our Wednesday fun podcast. Yeah. Hence the stress on all of our shoulders. So (laughs) much volatility. It's so funny because Ken's relatively new to the Wednesday opening booking process and I'm not. So it didn't bother me. I was like very prepared. I knew going into it what was coming off and when and I had everything backed in. But Ken was like, what is this mayhem? I do <laughs> not day. understand. Well, the the week before, it seems like you're setting yourself up for failure. You're scheduling based on a lot of unknowns. Yeah. And then by the time the weekend passes and you're at the Monday of the before the Wednesday openings, everything kind of falls into place and it's smooth and it's not an issue, but it's just like, we haven't done a lot of this. I mean, the last one we did was before the pandemic. We haven't had any real Wednesday openings or midweek openings. Not before the pandemic. There were some, I'm, I'm guessing there was some last year around Thanksgiving and cause there's always some, and there was some around Christmas. Spider-Man Far From Home was one. It was I a Friday. So. Was it Friday? It was a Friday because it was well before Christmas. Mm. It wasn't the... I thought it was it on was... the 4th of July. Wait, Spider-Man Far From Home was a Christmas title. No, you're thinking of No Way Home. I'm thinking no. Far From Home. That was oh, before the pandemic. before the pandemic. Right. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Before the pandemic, yes, there were lots. We had Angry Birds 2 okay, coming out I'm, on yeah. a, a Tuesday in August. <laughs> remember remember that when Sony got yeah. real excited? And they're yeah. like, we'll open every movie on a Tuesday for a while. See what happens. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Chaos. That's what happened. <laughs> it's not easy to be a booker on a Wednesday opening. That's well, I don't sure. mind. I don't mind opening a Wednesday film if it's going to do $100 million. That doesn't <laughs> bother me at all. But doing a... Wednesday opening for Bones and all is not yeah. worth my time or energy or thoughts. <laughs> no, I, I, did, I think that's very fair. I did that's see sound an, an interview the director did where he wanted to preface that Bones and all is a love story, not a cannibal story. It's a cannibal story. <laughs> so that's why they show people being eaten in the trailer. Well, they could it's, be in love too. <laughs> yeah. I love you. <laughs> I love you with a side of barbecue sauce. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> I love you with a nice, nice barbecue rub. I can't wait to see that movie just so I can confirm your suspicions. Because <laughs> yeah. you could be right. I could see that happening. I love you on a table with macaroni and cheese and <laughs> stovetop. So clearly, so clearly, it doesn't make sense for a movie like Bones and All, but it probably makes a little more sense for a movie like Strange World, it which does. you guys were able to see, right? It does, yeah, because you a lot of schools are off for the thanksgiving holiday so Mm -hmm. it it makes sense to have that extra time yeah but this is another foray into this is the second year where disney's gonna have an animated film open the wednesday before thanksgiving and the numbers are going to be underwhelming especially this year because Encanto like grew it like it wasn't huge to start with but it had a catchy song and it it held on and it grew and it ended up being really big um it ended up being 
medium big. Medium it was not big. it was not really big. Oh, that's you guys though. were not on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say we don't talk about Bruno maybe was the biggest thing to come but out the, of but that. the yeah. box office grosses. I mean it didn't do right. hundred million for the run. No. Nope. So, I think it was also cut short on its run because it went to Disney Plus pretty quickly Correct. for it Christmas. It was after four weeks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it went for Christmas and that really hurt the grosses because then I think that word of mouth spread that it was actually really good and pe- more people would have gone at Christmas, but they put it on Disney Plus for free and we and the theaters lost all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think this will probably be similar. <laughs> I have a feeling Disney, well, we'll talk about the yeah. their the CEO situation, but that's a big topic but, <laughs> but it plays the, uh, into juicy the, guys we can't wait but to this discuss it. strange world is yeah. probably going to fall into the same thing where it's on disney plus before the hall before the mm-hmm. christmas holiday i would not be surprised but cody you saw it last night what did, did you think we took our boys to it and um i'll say that our children liked it i did not care for it at I, I think lot. they matter more in this case, so I'm fine <laughs> Maybe, with that. but <laughs> I mean, they they liked it because they are not. They mean. don't have good taste. They're not mean, and they they're like they like a lot of things. So yeah, of course, yeah. They they didn't come out being like that was bad. Like right. they w- I just don't think they would have done that. So I mean, they're not the age range yet to where they can d- really decipher, um, you know, the good from the bad. I suppose right. they'll get to that age, but they'll realize, oh yeah, movies can be bad. Oh, I'm I'm still at the point where I'm deciphering like if Dwayne Johnson's in a film, like oh, this is a good movie. <laughs> that's where I, that's where I'm at. That is, it should equal good. Why does it not equal good? Yeah. <laughs> no, I felt that this this movie's gonna suffer. It to me, it spent the bulk of the time and the energy and effort on this like father son relationship dynamic between grandfather and son and grandfather and father. And it just all that whole thing and little kids don't care about that. And so much of the movie was about that and not about the funny things that could happen in this really strange world that they're in. Right. And there was, so there wasn't enough slapstick humor. There wasn't enough other stuff going on. The story was, just we got to get to the end of this thing, you know. Was the protagonist at least um, convincing enough that kids would want to follow them on this adventure? Because no. I, they were I feel boring. like other Disney anime movies like really nail like getting good protagonists that they would want to follow, and then the marketing presents itself as that. Whereas the marketing to me seemed like that father son relationship bonding adventure, but right. it didn't really tell me of either of them were good protagonists or not like they were they seemed okay but not it was boring they had a very masculine like explorer energy yeah energy (laughs) in the grandfather so it was all like rough and tumble and masculine kill things and like guns and bows and you know and the sun isn't and then the sun isn't the sun is like i love growing things and i want to be a farmer Mm -hmm. and i want to i'm not into what you're in and then the next sun is and then it's like, the does the grandson take after the grandfather or the father? And then you find out the grandson has his own thing. Like, yeah, he wants to be an explorer, but he doesn't want to kill things the way grand, grandpa and dad want to do. And so it's, it's just, it's like finding your own path and not living up to your father's shadow. But who cares? It, it, it's it, it, it in the backdrop of a really fun story. That's a, a element that should be there. But they don't. But not, it shouldn't be the whole movie. Yeah. And it's the whole movie. Yeah. There's gotcha. there, that okay. aspect of fun is left to two characters who don't have speaking roles. Yeah, the best character in the whole movie is the dog. Literally, like the <laughs> yeah. funniest, best, happiest character is the dog. That's a very um, 
Disney thing to do is to have the cute, funny sidekick, but you can't have it be the main The hook, only good one. You can't, it needs to be yeah. the surprise hook, kind of like Olaf was in Frozen. Yes. That became the surprise hook, and yeah. then they ran with it. Yeah, but they do those excellent, and they did so well with this dog and with this <laughs> with splat this character. The like, splat. every time the dog was on screen, he was doing something that was entertain more entertaining than the entire story yeah he was <laughs> the only so. entertainment value in that movie yeah which that shouldn't be the case for most animated movies you I were believe. in this world with super crazy looking creatures and barely any time was spent on them. oh they didn't really they didn't exp- i mean there was no there was no understanding of the world that they had left themselves into so they were at arm's length from everything versus when you were like uh cloudy with the chance of meatballs when they had the the island, right? The, yeah. the the town was an island, and then it got overtaken by the by the food. In the, the second food, one, the food they became food animals, but they all had names and they all had funny actions that they would do and mm-hmm. things like this. And they all had and their this, own personalities. And this didn't have that, no, at all. It was I mean, like ooing and awing, but no interaction. Correct. Yes. Correct. Okay. It was just they were at arm's length, and they had all these incredible creatures, and they just didn't. There was no real. Just give the things a name. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They kind of did, but it was just, it was very... There was a river of jellyfish, and at no point did they actually address it. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then the end takes... Oh, that's neat. Th- yeah. Then the end took a weird turn for me, which I'll just spoiler alert it. Their whole world, the strange world, <laughs> is the inside of a big creature mm-hmm. that they actually live on, and it's a big sea turtle. So it goes to that sea turtle myth that... The world is on the back of a turtle. That's Aladdin in an, 3. In the ocean. That's that's Aladdin the King of Thieves, except an island. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's that's the big twist. At the, that's what's over the end of the mountain. Still cool, but... I thought it was dumb. I was just like, oh, great. It's a big turtle. <laughs> the boys are like, it's a sea turtle. Oh, my gosh. But, they figured it yeah, out. Yeah, I'm it with was, them. That sounds it was, awesome. It was yeah. enough like film noir that it, it yeah. was like, ooh, a twist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I appreciate that. And then, and then the big, <laughs> I would say, elephant in the room about it was sea that, turtle in the room. Yeah, the big sea turtle in the room was that the grandson character um, is gay, and mm-hmm. they have conversations about it, and they're very loving and accepting. Like, there's never, it's never a weird thing. But um, I think that that just turned off so many audiences to it that it's really going to suffer. Which is strange because I felt like this was more quieter of a reveal than, say, no. Lightyear, Beauty and the Beast. No, nope. no, you Wars. missed no? the Lightyear thing. It? Cody, Light- Cody missed the Lightyear thing watching it in the theater. She yeah. walked past it. Oh, I, oh, I meant more leading up to like the movie's release. Oh, not, correct. Like it's, in the movie, it's quieter, but and pe- it's going to be. Everybody was so upset about Lightyear, and then when they found out that Disney did it again with this film, they're just, they're just. Like, I don't trust Disney. I'm never watching Disney again. I wonder if it is that trust thing. Because again, it seemed like to me they kept it hidden um, more than they did for the last time. I just so I think they don't think. I lesson, just don't think but... you can advertise it because you immediately alienate a huge percentage and of you, your audience. You've already they have alienated it, and I'm finding now that Disney was like the bread and butter in our rural small markets, and now nobody wants to play it. Like. And nobody's showing up either. Yeah. And it's just... They probably Disney didn't see have, it coming until it's too late. Disney's really hurt themselves with that brand, that with going with that agenda. And I know that they have feel a certain way about it, but but the audience is telling them on a certain level, we don't want this. A, well, Disney was, and all audiences 
studio yeah. and no you matter could what, trust them no matter what film they were putting out there like yeah no matter it what they matter. put out parents felt that they could trust whatever disney put out was good was good and solid and, and i didn't have to vet it and and parents is a very generic term we're yes, going very into. very it's, generic I, i'm not gonna sit and sit and do the oh we believe this we apologize oh, for this. no 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 <laughs> this just... is just in general from the sentiment <clears throat> i'm getting from my conversations and what we always thought about disney was it was I, I didn't even need to know the name of the movie or what the movie was about. I just said, I have a Disney movie at Thanksgiving. We're going to put that on a screen. Like it yep. was, it was just a slam dunk. Didn't even have to think about it. Now I have, to, we have to vet the films. We have to notify what's in them. If there's, um, a, you know, a diverse character of that sexual orientation. And it's just, it's just so different. And, and where, it's very frustrating where we've had least, ambiguous yeah. characters before where we've had light year where it was a blip of seconds and a blip of seconds and a blip of seconds this was right out there in the first five there was minutes no, there was the no movie. there was no hiding it which is not what i'm not, not even going into yeah this. we're not going to go in the merit it of was what just that it's, is. it was it was it was front-facing this time yes and, it was a main and, character and it was front-facing right i think Disney did a great job handling it, but the fact that it was in a children's animated movie is what upsets audiences the most. Yeah. So, and and I don't know how you get around that anymore. And as a theater owner, it's got to be so hard because it you don't you can't censor what goes into the theater. You got to let the audience tell you what they want and what they don't want, and they'll speak with their money. But but they're it's, speaking to the theater owner with their money. Yeah. Disney is being spoken to by no nobody answers I don't to know. nobody <laughs> talks nobody what talks are you talking to, about? nobody talks to God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody talks to Disney. Yeah, so I don't know. That's just something that it's a weird sticky situation that we're in just you know, in, yeah. in the political times that we're in right now and with the direction that's heading and exploring all different types of characters, it's just this really conflicting issue that theaters and disney are in and it's hard to know how to handle it how to strategize for it and how to get a good response we we book Mm -hmm. for theaters we work with theater owners we work with theater employees this this isn't cnn this isn't fox news we don't work in these political spectrums but now we do yeah that's what i guess (laughs) is the most Mm -hmm. the hardest part for us is that it's permeating our job we've never had to say okay theater owner manager there's this controversial topic in this i've never had to do that i've never been like they blow guys away and there's blood clouds maybe you should put warn some people like it's just never santa claus murders 40 people in this movie and And never nobody cares movie has action in it be careful maybe i would (laughs) warn somebody for rape scene that was probably the most controversial thing that i ever really had to deal with was maybe but it was that. usually in an it was always in oh an r-rated yeah. horror or war film that was terrible yeah <laughs> it, it was, was never yeah in, it was you never. knew what movie you were going to yeah. let's just say that and the kids weren't going to it but this is just i feel like people forgot how to figure out what movies they're going to see oh for sure for sure and like the comprehension of what they're about to attend is kind of lost on the, people well, that's and, also and the narrative this. is taking over. If somebody yeah. writes an article, no matter how small or where or how Looney Tunes they are mm-hmm. in, in their commentary, somebody will pick, find it, pick it up, and then that becomes the narrative of the whole thing. Yeah. Like Lightyear was really a good movie, I mm-hmm. thought. I really 
really enjoyed it. And I felt that it was so overshadowed by its controversy, which was really sad because you missed out on a good movie. Unfortunately for this one, I don't think this one's a good movie. So <laughs> I, I, I'm not really look, sad. About sure, it. Looking, sure. Looking for a redeeming quality yeah. here. <laughs> it's just not good on a lot of different levels. This controversy is not making the movie bad. The this, movie is this bad for is, other reasons. I am, I am not shitting you, Kyle. Cody, Cody's favorite, one of Cody's favorite movies is Inglorious Bastards. If you only cut in the Brad Pitt it's, scenes. If it's only Brad Pitt scenes. Just the Brad Pitt scenes. She's into it. I love she's it. She's about it. Yeah. I think... This movie with just the scenes where the dog's in it. The dog and the Maybe one of my top five movies of all time. So you just wanted to go to a dog park. No, it's no, crazy. This, this dog, dog is in a three-legged sheep dog. And he yeah. has so much personality and is so dumb and right. is so entertaining. We owned a dumb dog at one point. And I think we just really identified <laughs> but, with that super happy, super dumb dog. But I think if you did a super cut of this down to like eight minutes with just mm-hmm. the dog scenes, I think oh. I'd put this in my top five. This a might perfect be, movie. This might be, be. This might be. I don't know better. why I did the Donald Trump yeah. hand signal. This, a, a this might be. Movie. This might be better than Goodfellas, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> just this dog in this movie. Dwayne Johnson could not do anything as good as that dog could. Correct. No, the yeah. dog was. That, on this the is a bold point. statement on this show. All right. So, puppy aside, wasn't I quite mean, what I you liked, guys were hoping for. I liked the the mom and the dad's dynamic. They had a great relationship on screen. But, but I this loved is... their their like their that I. I loved like the whole. I did like the father son like that is a a good sto- story point. I did like that but kind this of is, dynamic. It, this would be as successful as Encanto if you cut out all of the singing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that's <yeah>. all. <laughs> it's like oh yeah, it's just a movie about a family. Okay, cool. Yeah. Move on. So, Speaking of moving on. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want me to talk about two movies yes. I saw that Let's I want to your movies. movies. <laughs> uh, I'll get she said out of the way because. No theater played it, and I can't it didn't make you any money. Saw that. I we walked in... by it, and I was like, "Is there even anybody in there? Is there a point?" It to was even me. Have that? I was <laughs> there, Kyle. I don't know. I mean, it was a very last second idea for me to go. It looked good, but I just wasn't really in the mood. Mm-hmm. And I think due to the box office, like that really speaks for itself. Though it, it isn't a surprise. I know places like Variety were getting these articles out of like how did this happen why did this not work and it's like because it's a topic about harvey weinstein's sexual predatory issues that happened only five years ago being exposed and and the investigation behind it like no one wants to see those types of movies in theaters and and bombshell was a with a with a cast that was crazy Mm -hmm. for that time was marketed it was set out at it was a christmas day release yeah Yeah. and that did like It, it, that didn't do any numbers. Only three with, million with, yeah. the, with the huge cast that it had. Yeah, this right. doesn't have that. I mean, no, not to that. Not extent. not with regular audiences. For sure, there's going to sure. be no. Cross. was about sexual abuse in the church, right? No, this was the Fox News one the, with. Uh, oh, about the Fox News with guys what's they, her, what's, yeah. with blonde, what's her face and blonde, yeah. what's her face and blonde, what's her face. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, whoever they are, I don't remember the names what was myself. I thinking of? You're thinking, of Spotlight, You're thinking of Spotlight, Spotlight which is which was incredible, which was an Oscar winner, yeah. Which, which, I know, but it also didn't make much money. It wasn't like people flocked to go see that. Those but it still won, just hard. it won Best Picture. Move and it still on, made, and it still You're made. You're not going to argue this. this. It still made it. more than this one <laughs> yeah. in like January. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, despite people not wanting to see this, I did see it. It is a very good movie. It's a really good um, investigative reporter movie, similar to like Spotlight, and. While it is very current and people don't really want to 
see that within a movie. They want that escapism for the time being. That's probably why the box office results didn't work. I think years down the road, people will come back to this movie and will appreciate it because it does do a good job at highlighting uh, those who were abused by Weinstein's power, just mm-hmm. uh, to say it in the most gentlest of ways possible. <laughs> and for that, it really was a gut punch and was a very moving movie to me. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not on the fence. I do want to see this movie, but I'm kind of excited to see a journalism movie that exists in our generation. Yeah. Because similar to to Spotlight, it was all like landline telephones and typewriters. Yeah, there like, still was like... It was a lot of that. They went to a printing press. They went to an actual printing press for like the articles and stuff. For sure. So I was... I, I'll be interested to see what this looks like with the in the era of cell phones and... A lot of cell phone I'm sure. Calls. I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of cell phone They make them work, exposition. but <laughs> it definitely um, is a more modern movie. But that... I mean, it'll change over time, of course, but... That's kind of what I mean by when people look back on this movie, I think it'll gain more of a uh, of a respect to it, I guess, mm-hmm. is the best way to describe it. Um, but the movie I did see prior to that was The Menu from Searchlight Pictures. Yes. And I'm kind of interested. How was it? It rules. It looks so good. <laughs> it's so I normally good. wouldn't be interested in movies like this, but for I love Nicholas Holt. I think the cast he's really is, good in this. I think he, the cast looks great. I'm, he sucks. He doesn't Move suck. On. He's plays, good. He looks he plays, like his face has been in a vacuum. You know how you so want to punch him in the face, Ken? Yeah. He plays that character, and it's <sighs> earned, and he's so good at doing it. Okay, uh, but yeah. the standouts are Anya Taylor Joy and Ralph Fiennes, especially when they good. play off of each other. And it does have, you know, its political messages, but I think it also does have its political message, or sorry, its messages of. Um, like, is art worth the sacrifice of, I guess, your reputation, or is it worth the sacrifice of what you truly or how you truly want to make people happy as a result of what you're making? So in this case, it would be uh, the foodie culture that Ralph Fiennes, the chef, is a part of and what he's trying to kind of take down with these um, elitist um, um, patrons that are invited to this private island that he's working on. Uh, but I just think all that messaging worked really well. Plus it was a lot funnier of a movie than you would expect it to be. And it does a really good job at finding like the edge of your seat, dramatic stakes of the movie while also making you laugh really hard. That's so good. I'm glad it's funny. Cause it yeah. looks, the trailer makes it look like it could be funny. Yeah. But, but I'm glad but that it, they didn't give it away. Like, oh, it is could. it dry humor? Like very dry? No, no, I, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't say it's all dry humor. Cody likes yeah. a nice desert humor. <laughs> I do. Sometimes on my films, like, I like a nice... So dry. I want, me to th- I, I want to think I like about that. it before I laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I want to think about it, no. and, I, and if you could throw a good pun in, I'd appreciate new... that as well. <laughs> it's, it's not full-on dry humor, like elements of it, but I would say yeah. people are very well aware of like the joke that's coming. Okay. Or the joke that's being presented, yeah. but... Yeah, it just has some good mixtures of these themes and of these different tones. And with great performances on top of that, this movie was very, very well done. And I hope more mm. people see it. Me too. It's just a hard, it's just timing. It, it's, no, it's, just, an, it's an R-rated film. It's we R-rated already film had this conversation. Thing, yeah. Thanksgiving. yeah. You just... It's more fun than probably Bones and All and She Said <laughs> will be. I want them all to do well. But I would convince, or I would try to convince people to go see this. God, I would hope so. Yeah, (laughs) if it's more fun than a movie called Bones and All. Yeah, and all the food looks delicious despite the horrible things that he's doing. So, 
<laughs> it was very it was, was very conflicting part of you we, that was like that feed, looks really nice do we just need to feed you kyle yeah. are you, are you in the theater i need like, you guys so, to feed me i'm more. so hungry give me a cheeseburger for once <laughs> can i get some arugula <laughs> All right, so I'm done talking about movies. You guys are talking about movies. Let's talk about the meat of this episode, which is the surprise on Sunday that Bob Iger is coming back to run Disney for the next two years, and Bob Chapek is out of here. Out of here. I... <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Yeah. Very, he didn't even get to release a statement. No. So he, he didn't. There was no facade of like, oh, I've just you know, decided to step down and that maybe I'm not the right fit for the company moving forward to, you know, there's political ways you can like, no, this was like, you can fire somebody or move it along to everybody saves face. To let them hold their head up high. This is like punishing. Yeah. Like they locked the door and threw away the key. (laughs) Well, this is everybody else gets their drama from like, the housewives of blankety blank. Yeah. Cody's got the uh, chief executive just, officers of Disney. I but, am checking but, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, and I'm like, who has the next article and piece of information <laughs> for me? What happened on Twitter? Like people who are follow closely to like film and the mm-hmm. industry, even they were like, this is the juiciest thing that happened this year. Oh my gosh! It's... So if you had a Twitter account, you would have joined in with the right. rest of us because we were like, what happened? Flores company fire CEO replaces them with old CEO. It's not next. It's not the most surprising thing, obviously, no. and yeah, it, it's obviously not the most right. surprising thing. But it's just, I don't know. We we didn't expect it for mm-hmm. some reason. At least not yet. We expected it to be like I, another year before. I expected. Kicked. Strange World to not do well and Avatar to not make $10 billion and mm-hmm. then for this to happen. Right. Like, that's what I expected. They they pulled the trigger sooner than expected. Yeah. Because right. they were going to have to blame, they're going to have to blame somebody for Avatar not making $2 billion. It's, it's going to be good. It's going to have a huge opening, but it's not going to, you can't, before a movie releases, you can't say it's going to be the biggest movie of all time. No. You're just jinxing yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, part of the reason I think why he did kick to the curb as hard as he did was just because not of the successes of that weren't happening with Disney. There mm-hmm. still was, but just with the fact of how the brand was kind of being tarnished um, was many of like the public things that were happening, such as the Scarlett Johansson incident as one right. example. So like the don't, I know that the Disney's response to don't say gay bill in Florida was mm-hmm. a huge like that was not navigated very well. Then they yeah. lost some of their special district privileges for their theme park. So that's cost them. Um, although I think it cost the county in Florida where they lost that even more because now the county has to pay for that stuff right. that Disney was paying for. So, but it just, I think optics didn't look good. Especially with those parts. Right. Yeah. Then you, then Scarlett Johansson sues you and you basically start a public fight with top talent mm-hmm. In one of your biggest franchises, that doesn't look very good. Which that turned away a lot of the talent that right. would have worked with Disney. Doesn't signal to the creative community you're you're on board with them and you're, you're going to take care of them. Yep, they're still part of it, even though box office results say otherwise. Exactly, and and then um, and then you have some bad earnings calls, and it really it's the money that spoke. And it, once they did, the stock plummeted. Yeah, the stock plummeted, and somebody had to. Heads had to roll. Somebody had to be fired, and he got fired sooner. Like Ken said, though, I think it would have been good after the new year to, after Avatar maybe disappointingly opened, to be like, okay, now, that was your last straw. No, there was there was something behind the scenes that Cody will find out on deadline. I cannot wait. By looking at these things, but that yeah. somebody, somebody said that caused this to happen sooner than it probably was going to. Well, 
uh, I think it's the CFO went to the board and said that they lost confidence in his ability to ma- make decisions. So I felt that like they've had those good. before anyway. So what what was different this time? What could what it could have been? I think it was just his. What everybody's saying right now, and maybe details will come around, was um, his awkward performance on that earnings call where he seemed to not read the room and was like super cheerful and just swept under the rug his inability to pivot when it's been very obvious to the whole industry that streaming isn't the like cash cow that you thought it was not that it's not going to be an important component in your portfolio of your offerings moving forward like every major studio and media company will probably need a streaming component but to go so all in on it and then not pivot when it when it was realized that their downstream revenue wasn't what they thought it was going to be or didn't shake out the same, I think um, spoke to it a little bit. I, I feel a little bad for him because he wasn't on the job that long. I mean, like what? Two like years. A couple of years. Yeah. But he was still following the plan of what the previous CEO I mean, the release pattern out. was already set. Yeah. As like, far stuff as we're concerned. Been set. It's he not just like not had, he, he just couldn't make people angry films were made he he, now he did get to make some decisions on the release of those and i think that he messed up there a Mm -hmm. little bit on this especially the pixar stuff and the animated releases i I don't think i think that now he did have full control over that and that was a big misstep Mm -hmm. in this pursuit of making streaming because it's always been disney's desire to have that direct to consumer everything's in-house it doesn't go to anybody else doesn't go to anybody else so that's a mantra that's always been there with disney but i think that by going through somebody else you added value by going through theaters you added a value to it that you can't get just putting it on your own platform Right. And I think all the all of the media companies are realizing this now. So do you think when Iger is coming back, he's going to adjust that strategy and he's going to be more mindful of that? Or do you think he still is going to execute that straight-to-consumer mindset similar it's, to what he did before he left? It's always going to be there. It's always going to be a component. But for listeners of our podcast, we have always felt that the, where streaming was going to impact theatrical wasn't that it was going to kill it. It was that it was going to divert product away from it. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't know how much. For leading up to the pandemic, the diversion looked like it was going to be slow cuts, you know, just death by a thousand cuts. Then the pandemic hit and it was like bloodshed. We're taking, we're taking <laughs> all of your We're product. taking five limbs. Yeah. <laughs> and then... I only have four to give. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and then... And then post-pandemic, they're like, oh, well, we'll give you back a few. And so it's just leveling out again where that medium is. And I think, I I hope that Bob Iger will be more theatrical friendly and more create because he's more creative friendly and creative still want to see their product, you know, their creations in theaters. And under him, Disney purchased Star Wars. They purchased Marvel. They built, I mean, they built the... Star Wars and Marvel parks at both of the mm-hmm. Disney yeah. complexes. Like this whole thing is built on these theatrical franchise mm-hmm. acquisitions, building building universes. Now I don't oh, yeah. think he can go out and acquire anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think for the first time since the acquisition age, I will say they have to create their own. And I have a question for you, tough. but keep going. No, go ahead. Well, I saw an opinion piece being run, I think, by The Wrap, and 
they were kind of making that same point as you just did about there's nothing really left to acquire, but they're wondering if one of Iger's last moves will be trying to either buy Netflix or trying to sell to Apple, like sell themselves so Apple runs it. No, I no. Disney I don't see that being that. I don't see that either. What, but what I they, just wanted to run it by you. What they made, what they'll do is they are going to either sell or fully acquire Hulu. So they have to address Hulu. Yeah. And there's some talks about what to do about ESPN. Now I don't think they'll ever get rid of it, but they're going to have to decide if they're going to go all in more on live sports and how that lives, or what they're going to do with those. But who he will have to decide what to do with Hulu and ESPN, and he has to, you know, they there's a lot of push for him to buy out Comcast Universal on Hulu and completely oh, own okay. Hulu. But what what's the point of that? Like it doesn't quite makes sense so it's just a weird thing that they don't they don't really know what to do with it it's valuable it's an asset but does everything go on the platform like it just they need to decide what to do with disney plus like some what's these, it gonna be some of these acquisition strategies i wonder if they're popping open the champagne and they're celebrating that they did it and then they look at each other and go Uh-oh. wait now what how do we pay for like this? at the end of fighting evil where they're like mm-hmm. we're free we're free yeah. but they're still trapped in like the plastic yeah. bag so they're like this is exa- oh wait now what <laughs> this is exactly what they did when they purchased Fox and they're like we're purchasing one of our biggest competitors mm-hmm. we're taking them out of the equation and then we have 400 movies that are rated PG-13 or R that we have no idea what to do we don't with. know what to do wait, with and I, I think they fully realize X-Men and Avatar yeah <laughs> I think they fully realize they don't know what to do with those types of movies so why yeah. keep Hulu around why yeah. keep that so. I, I think now it's just a different picture than it was when they when they acquired Fox and had this streaming timeline kind of set out. The pandemic accelerated, you know, that in some ways and changed the landscape in others. And mm-hmm. so I think right it's now of just figuring out where their brand identity goes in the next 10 years. Yeah. And, and we'll have to see, obviously. <laughs> we're going to see more. Like you said, it's it's the same as straight to video, straight to DVD. Right. We're going to lose a lot of everything that's less than a B-plus film as far mm-hmm. as what they think is going to make money. Yeah. And we are operating right now. Films were written, greenlit, and produced during the um, Me Too movement in 2017 through 2020. Yeah. That's when all these were created and put in production. Yep. And then so the now, pandemic shut it down. Pandemic yeah. shut it down, and these are these are being released now. But now we're going to see what the films that are written in 2020 to 2022 and produced and greenlit, what those are going to look like. But we'll see it two years from now when we're in a completely different right. landscape. <laughs> so there's some of that issue. Also, we so have, no way of catching up. We have a big competitor in Amazon and about ready to enter the market too. And well, and Amazon's talking about having a um, a billion dollars a year for for movies made for theatrical, like. The, Wow. Which, is, which is hilarious. Did you see how much this Lord of the Rings series cost? Yeah. A billion dollars? They could have made 15 movies for theatrical with that money. I think they realize that now. So they're like, we're going to pivot to this. a billion dollars on a streaming show. season. Yeah. One season. I I think we'll, yep. the creative community is going to be in for a shock because I don't know if the, the free-for-all Wild West spending just to acquire content and for the churn is 
is going to continue. And God, NBC, I hope it NBC is still <laughs> cashing checks from the first season of Office, which they oh made God. for like it's $35. <laughs> it's the only thing The Office, maybe Friends, like some of those series are the only reason people really wanted some of these streaming services to begin with. Right. They didn't want to pay for a DVD, even though that's probably cheaper in the grand scheme. Of <laughs> that's, why oh are we gosh. doing this again? <laughs> yeah. No. So I think definitely we've got to decide what it is audiences have to decide what it is they want for streaming and um and then and then companies will pivot for that disney has a big existential crisis because they're so all in on the family brand but is that is that where the future is going to be for them i just worried that consumers have no clue i just think we're kind of in an age to where we see stuff we watch stuff but we don't know why we're watching any of it whether it's good or or bad it's gonna show up like we'll hear about something yeah a perfect example is the film spirited it's on apple tv plus Mm -hmm. but it looks like a movie it looks like it should be a movie in movie theaters got will ferrell and ryan reynolds i i a lot of our clients got asked about it by customers they were like are you getting this movie it's a will ferrell christmas movie yeah ryan reynolds christmas movie are I you get gonna it. get it yeah. and theater's like no it's on apple tv plus there is confusion in the marketplace of where content is going and what and where it should originate and the flow of things in our best christmas themed film this year the only one that we have in the market is violent night yeah we have nothing <laughs> with Santa Claus. It's going to be a with, Christmas classic, with guys. With elves. Yeah. With, we have nothing that's PG-13 or less that has this. <sighs> okay. Let's move on from the negative stuff. Can we do our pop culture roundup? I have the best topic to start. Oh, oh you chose one? Okay. okay. Before we move on, I'll just say we're going to watch the Bob Iger thing. Our hope is that it'll be he'll be more friendly to theatrical. But, um, but you never know because Bob Chapik was really just following a blueprint set out before. So... Mm-hmm. It just really depends on what happens with the streaming service. But we're very hope. This is more hopeful than I've been for theatrical with regards to Disney than in, in a long time. Bob Chapik was did not care about theatrical at all. He really didn't. Correct. And and he was not friendly to creatives, and he was he just didn't understand our industry at all. He didn't understand that, the magic of. Do it. give that crazy unhinged interview where he was talking about creating virtual theme parks in people's oh, houses. Yeah, that <laughs> only thing. on Disney Plus. When they had right. actual theme parks encompassing thousands of acres, he that was were talking empty. about <laughs> virtual experiences where they would t- they would take whatever you watched on Disney Plus and cater it to you, and then somehow your theme park, you know, when you came to the theme park, they would cater it to you. It's like <laughs> it just none of this. Sound, this sounds creepy, is what it sounds like. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm following you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you right. want to hear something not creepy? Yes. Yeah. You, can you go? Insiders have announced that the new Magic Mike coming to theaters in February is going to end with a 30-minute long dance strip tease <laughs> number. The movie is 90 minutes long, yeah. and the 30 last 30 minutes is going to be... Is, is the grand finale? Is the grand finale. The, yes. culmination, the culmination of the mics is, the going mics. To end, is going to end with a 30-minute long dance number. They're going to come As out well of the portals... Should. Yeah, and they're gonna have a thirty-minute dance montage. They know what this movie is, and, and a it's lot of as, as bad as January looks, I am so excited for February, and I'm <laughs> really? excited for this movie for this to be an R-rated film that's going to launch us like headlong into the the spring season. Yeah, I think the first two weekends for this release could be good. 
I think they're going to be huge. I think it's going to be... There's a love for the first two movies. Yeah. I will say that um, Channing Tatum's appeal hasn't diminished at all. Like his, He has done nope. some really good, be- whether it was Lost City of D or... Um, what was it? What was the dog? Oh, uh, no, he was in. He had Bullet a cameo Train. in Bullet, Bullet Train, Train that and was Free Guy, and he had good yeah. moments with that. So I yeah. think he's. I think the appeal is still there. No, I think we haven't had For any sure. female-focused films that are fun. Yeah, I mean, Lost City was that, mm-hmm. and it made a hundred million dollars. Right. Like this is going to. We this saw is, some butt cheeks in that. Yeah, this is going yeah. to be big. This is going to be a substantial piece of film here. I'm excited a about substantial this. piece of film. Yeah, that's right. Cinema. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ken puts on the rating or the monocle. Oh, and oh has I'm going oh, to be wearing. Cinema. I'm going to be wearing sunglasses inside at this one. I'm excited. <laughs> I don't want anybody to see where my eyes are looking. <laughs> Kyle, what's your what's your roundup topic for this week? Uh, well, this is a combination of Cody and I because yeah. we both have thoughts about this. There was a report coming around that in Indiana Jones Five. There's going to be an opening scene where Harrison, uh, well, let me back up. Harrison Ford is going to be de-aged for an opening scene that's an action sequence. So it's probably going to be a flashback, if I had to guess. And for what we know of this de-aging technology, while it is impressive, it still has that uncanny valleyness where you can't help but look at it and go, this doesn't look right. And I'm not looking forward to that. No. No, I, when I first saw the headline for it, I thought the whole movie he was de-aged, like we were going back in time to 40-something years from forth, mm-hmm. a la like Captain Marvel with... Um, uh, Sam Jackson. Yeah, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson, and I was like, no, no. I I already don't like them making this movie. I just, I hate it. They did so poorly on the one that we should not name that it just, it's like, why why are we trouncing on this character even more? Like, why are we just... Let's bury it. Let's just bury it at this point. Apparently they might if those test screens are true and they kill him off. I just, I don't want <laughs> He him, might be buried in the ground. I, I don't want him to be killed off. I don't want him to turn into a female character taking on the mantle. I don't want him to marry Marion. I hate that part. I they just, already did. I, I it's going to be canon. I hope that goes away. <laughs> I hope we just hope forget that that away. movie There's a picture of him with a wedding happen. ring. No. Just okay. saying. That's like the one oh, good thing. That's not the good thing. What? They were meant for each other. They were oh, they were not meant for each other. Oh my, rewatch Raiders. She's great in the first one. There's yeah, she's awesome. She's hard. To she's look not at. a. She's not a. Yeah, she's hard to look at, but she's not a damsel in distress. She was cool. She is kind of. No, she starts off the movie. As least, we said, it's my least at, favorite one. As you've said, <laughs> that starts off. Unreal. She starts off the movie yeah. fighting in a bar and like the, <laughs> is in like an arm wrestling match. Takes yeah. a shot yeah. of like. I don't know, tequila and whiskey know. combined, probably. <laughs> to whiskey. To whiskey. I don't like any of the love interests. I, he, he is fine. He doesn't need a woman. He's fine just on his own. That's the, every poster has a professor. woman laying on him mm-hmm. on the one sheet. That's part of Again, the thing. Again, it's cool. Yeah. I love Indiana yeah, Jones. I just, hope this one's good. He can have trysts. Trysts okay. are fine. You need to get so some oats every once in a while. I just think we need to move on from Harrison Ford. Harrison's like a... We have kids in our in our kids' grade that are named Harrison. Mm-hmm. It's time to move on from that being like a an, a young person's first name or an old person's first name. Yeah. I think he's moved on. Harold Ford. 
Harold Ford. I think he was Harry, <laughs> and then he's Harrison, and now he's Harold. See, I thought Harold Her- Ford. I thought Harrison would be the actual name, and then Harry would be the nickname. Only yeah. his friends, <laughs> only his friends call him Harry. Only my friends call me Harry. So it's only Spielberg and Lucas. No, only, no, Lucas wouldn't be. Only his people friend. that Never fly with him, fly with him in planes, <laughs> call him <laughs> Harry. <laughs> I don't know. Spielberg is his friend anymore, and I don't know. We'll see. I I have such. That's low why Spielberg allowed this ex- movie to be made, Cody, because he hates him. <laughs> Spielberg doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Uh, that I'm not. I'm not going to go there with you. That's a trap, and I'm not falling yeah. for it. <laughs> on a technical level, you can't get rid of expertise, but on an execution level, it, it goes after a while. Not for Spielberg. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> we'll find out with Fablemans this week. Yeah. <laughs> It's not going to make money. <laughs> it's going to be good, but it won't make money. I get asked about it a lot, and I'm like, what is it about this trailer that you're seeing that you no, just, just think it looks it so shows, good that it, I'm missing? It shows the projection booth, and all of our people like have a love for the cinema. Like it, it, Anytime that's part of a film, it's going to draw in the audience that we speak with. It's going right. to call to them, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a big movie. I mean, we had yeah. we had a poster in the office forever of Super Eight from J.J. Yeah. Abrams. Remember how well that did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that what? was a cool poster too. It is, but what a weird choice. <laughs> well, no, I mean that. Was I mean, the for the lo- it added like the love of cinema. Yeah, that was the it, whole. So. Right. That was the whole tie-in where people were genuinely excited about it because it showed like the the cameras and it showed it being projected on a bedsheet and like I remember when I did that mm. and it's like yeah and then there's a freaking alien in the middle of it. <laughs> That movie should have been cooler than it was. <laughs> or maybe it was. I don't know. <laughs> Hard to say. Anyway. On next I, week's podcast, we do a review of Super 8 by J.J. Yeah. Abrams. Is yeah. it good? <laughs> Is it cinema? <laughs> cinema. Cinema. All right. So I think on that note, that wraps up our episode. But everyone, Thanks. make sure you have a successful and happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy mm-hmm. the holidays. And we'll be back next weekend, I think, with a new episode. We will. Take care. Bye, Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to Off The Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at screeninsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off The Break Podcast.